Okay, let's take our Bibles this evening and jump right to it, okay? James chapter number one, as we're going through the book of James on Wednesday evenings, and I'll try not to keep you too, uh, too late this evening, okay? And you listen fast and I'll preach fast. that work? All right, got one. Okay, can I get a second? I'm just kidding. All right, anyway. So, uh, so I'm trying to keep it too late this evening. And let's look at it this tonight in James chapter number 1. And we started here a few Wednesdays ago, but we'll be in verses 13 through 15 in just a moment. But as we come to this portion of Scripture, I want you to know we come to a um, event, or not really an event, a um, situation. This mm, something we all face, all right? Last time we looked at trials, which we all face, right? Anybody here face troubles, trials, tribulations, difficulties? Okay. Well, we all do. We come to something else that we all face as well as we come to these verses and this portion of Scripture. And it's this. It's temptations. We face temptations. Is that me or you? I don't think it's me. Somebody's car's going off, just so you know. All right. Everybody's looking at me. That's not me. All right. So anyway, somebody's car's going off, just say no. Okay, start that over. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to look at this evening at um, something we all face, and that is... Hey, okay. <laughs> man, what's going on? All right, let's start over. Let's pray again and uh, sing again. Just kidding. The devil don't like what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? That's all I say about that. But. All right, so we're going to look at temptation this evening, and... Um, we know that James talked about temptation in the very beginning of this portion of Scripture, of this chapter, but it was a different kind of temptation. And uh, that temptation was more of trials, troubles, and tribulations. But the temptation that we're going to look at this evening is not necessarily that, but it's the other one that we're more familiar with when it comes to that word temptation. The temptation we're going to consider is this one. It is the enticement to do evil by arguments, flattery, or by the offer of some real or even apparent good. It is the temptation of the pressures to give in to a desire for easy or immediate pleasure. Now that's the temptation that we're going to look at. And when you hear the word temptation, that's what more than, more than likely comes to our mind when we think of temptation. But let me ask you before we read it. You ever been tempted? <laughs> How about today? <laughs> say, not today. Well, how about yesterday or any time this week? I would dare say we've all faced temptation this week and even probably, probably today. But if you face temptation, understand you're not alone. Even Jesus, even the Lord Jesus in his humanity faced temptation as well. You can see that in Matthew 4 and Luke chapter 4 as well. But we face it. But when we face temptation... How do you handle it? Do you stand strong in the grace of Lord Jesus or do you crumble and give in? How do you handle temptation? How, how do we deal with that? I like what one pastor said about temptation. He said, without question, the biggest problem that Christians have today is temptation. Because if you can eliminate temptation, then you can eliminate sin. But sadly, listen, we're not going to eliminate temptation. It's not going to happen. There are not enough rules or regulations to ever eliminate temptation. If you don't believe me, ask any of our first responders, okay? You're not going to be able 
to eliminate it. So therefore, since we're going to face it, we might as well know a little bit more about temptation. So let's look at that this evening, all right? So look at your Bibles, James chapter 1, and uh, we're going to look at verse number 13 through 15, all right? Look at it with me. The Bible says, the Bible says this, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man, but Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive them with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Look at it again. Verse number 14. But every man is tempted. When he is drawn away of his own lust, and enticed. Our fathers, we look to your word this evening. I pray that you'd help us. Help us to have open hearts, open minds, and listening ears. And help us be warned of the great sin of, uh, well, not necessarily sin itself, but the characteristic that the devil throws as of temptation. Just help us beware of it. And help us to avoid it. Not give in. Lord, we do love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the first thing I'd like for us to consider when we think of temptation is this. No, number one, it's source, meaning where does it come from, all right? Where does temptation come from? I want you to know that God did not author evil, all right? He was not the author of temptation, but I, I want you to know there's folks out there that do believe that and do teach that, but he's not the author of evil. God did not create sin. He did not create temptation he did not create anything with the intention of you falling or failing. So temptation did not come from our loving, heavenly, holy Father. You see, after he created everything in Genesis chapter 1 and, verse, uh, in chapter, one and chapter 2, uh, the Bible says that, behold, it was good. Then later on says that it was very good. Meaning there was no evil. Everything was good. But we all know that changed one day. In the next chapter, in Genesis chapter number 3, verses 1 through 6, when man failed in the garden. But notice how he failed. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Understand, Adam and Eve were not tempted of God in the garden, but rather tempted 
of the serpent, meaning the devil, the very source of temptation that we all face is generated by the devil himself. This is the very first attack that we see on humanity with the very first weapon that he used, and that was temptation. And he's used this weapon of temptation quite well to do great damage in the hearts and lives of people and even God's people down through the years. So Satan, listen, he is the one behind all of temptation. It's interesting to note in verse number 13 that uh, it says here that God cannot be tempted with evil. So understand, though Satan would love to try to tempt God with that, he can't. So the next best thing he does, instead of tempting God with it, who does he tempt? Well, he tempts God's children. Now, that's how he, if I can say it this way, tries to attack God and by attacking God's, God's people. It's kind of like this. If you want to attack me or hurt me personally, that's well and good. It's fine, whatever. We can try to hash something out you know, in a civil matter out in the parking lot, okay? But, but if you attack my children... That's totally different. And all you parents understand what I'm saying without saying. That's totally different. So it's kind of like that. It's almost like the devil is trying to, uh, trying to attack God, but he's attacking God's people, trying to hurt God, if I can say it that way. Because he, he knows he cannot tempt God with evil. But if he can get us, God's people, to yield to temptation then that sin can break the sweet, peaceful fellowship that we all enjoy with the Lord. And that's his entire purpose. Is he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill our fellowship with God. He wants to steal our joy and peace. He wants to destroy our testimony, destroy our influence on others, and he wants to use temptation to accomplish all of this destruction. Temptation was the primary weapon in the garden and it's still one of his primary weapons today. That's why he's called the tempter. As the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3, when the tempter came to him, came to who? Came to Jesus. He said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Understand the devil is the one who is the tempter. He's the source behind it all. And if he's going to tempt the very son of God, don't you know he'll tempt you and I as well. So understand the source of it. Know where it comes from. For when you know where it comes from, you're more apt to, to not yield to it. All right? Please know where it comes from. And then I want to see this. Not only its source, but number two, I want to see its slaughter. All right? Now, I know this word I just used is uh, a little bit... Um, a little bit heavy uh, to describe what temptation does, but understand, don't be fooled in believing it does anything else. Because again, that's what the devil wants to do, kill, steal, and destroy. Listen, if we give in to the temptation to sin, then that sin, as the Bible says here, brings forth death. Look at verse number 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But where did that death begin? With temptation. So this destruction, this death, it doesn't just affect the one who is tempted, but it affects others around it and around us as well. I'm constantly reminded I've got people watching me. 
The special little eyes at my house there on Toot Oldbrook Road watching, watching me. And if they see their daddy giving in to temptation and then the destruction and other things that come along with that, guess who else gets affected by it? My family. There's a great example of that in Scripture of the effects of a temptation and yielding to temptation and the sin and death that it brings. And you can find that in Joshua chapter 17, verses 19 through 26. But it's there that we know the story of Achan. And we know that uh, uh, after, before that, that Jericho was destroyed. And uh, the, the Lord said you can go through Jericho. But all the, all the uh, gold and silver and all the good things, the spoils, belong to the Lord, right? So as these men, as the soldiers were going throughout Jericho and they were taking the gold, silver, and all the spoils of war, some of them, we know one man, decided to keep some for himself. And the Bible says he hid that gold, that silver, and a Babylonish garment in his tent amongst the stuff. And because of that, the soldiers of, of Israel, the Hebrews, they suffered a defeat at Ai, but Joshua, not understanding why, such a defeat came at a small city like Ai. He was just distraught over it. But Lord let him know, hey, look, this has happened because there's a sin in the camp. And of course, he, by, uh, through, through a process of, of elimination and time, Found out that the person behind the temptation and the sin and or the sin and the fall and all of that was Achan. But instead of Achan being the only one that suffered, the Bible says that everything he owned was suffered as well. Everything he owned was burned and killed, including his family. It's awful to see the results in the uh, outstretched arm of temptation, how, how many it can affect. It's awful. But that's the result of it, is death. It's, it's awful. Listen, if we get our minds to understand, we get ourselves to understand, that's what the end of temptation will do, maybe that'll help us think twice about yielding to it and giving in to it. And I want you to know this before we go any further, that this, the temptation itself, being tempted, is not sin, okay? Please know that. But giving in to it, that's the sin. So, understand that giving in to the temptation, listen, it can do great damage in our lives, more than we could ever imagine. Just as James said, listen, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then when lust hath conceived, bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. Listen, it can and will happen. And if you think, listen, it'll never happen to me. I can handle it. Well, I want to tell you what the Bible says. Take heed lest you fall. <laughs> when Paul wrote that, he listed a bunch of sins right before that. He said, take heed lest you fall. Maybe they thought they wouldn't give in to those things, those temptations. But take heed lest you fall. Too often we think we can handle it. But understand, through Scripture and the characters of Scripture, we see some folks who are more... I don't know, we'd say stronger than us. They're more uh, settled in their walk with God. Uh, we would look at him and say, there's some giants in the faith. And yet, listen, they were tempted. They gave into it. They failed. You look at giants of, of people in the faith like Moses. 
The Bible says of Moses, he was the meekest man in Numbers chapter 12, verse number 3. And that word meek means soft in temper, not easily provoked. Yet this man in his anger killed an Egyptian taskmaster. Again, in his anger, he smote the rock twice against the commandment of the Lord. And his act of anger kept Moses from entering into the promised land. It was costly. He was tempted to lash out, and he did, and it cost him. We look at David, who God's own testimony about David was, I have found me a man after mine own heart, Acts chapter 13, verse 22. But on the day, on the day when David should have been in battle with his own soldiers, he was alone at home and took a stroll upon the roof of his castle. And he saw a woman bathing herself, Bathsheba, and we know the rest of the story. Tempted to lust after her and giving in to that, that lust and temptation. I became adulterer. Eventually I had her own husband killed on the front lines of the battle and it cost him dearly. We can look at Samson. Samson, the strongest man who ever lived, chosen judge by God himself to rule his people. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came upon him more about Samson than any other character in scripture, but yet... Against the own counsel of his own parents, Samson lusted after the beauty of a woman that was not, he was not supposed to be with. And his very words to his own parents was this, Judges chapter 14, verse 3, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. And we know the rest of the story. How that right there, giving in to the temptation, it was not, not to be given into. it cost him dearly. We know of Peter, who Peter was, of course, we know is a great apostle. We're study, we study his life, looking at his epistles now. But on the day of Pentecost, thousands were saved. We also know that Peter himself forsook the Lord and fled. He denied the Lord three times. We know what happened with him under the pressure of temptation. Look, all I'm saying is that if these people can, can fall under the pressure of temptation, don't think that we can handle it. I want to tell you, if we give in to temptation... There can be dire consequences, all right? So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. I read a story not too long ago of a uh, cave in southern Mexico. But it says as you make your way into the cave, you walk through a paradise of tropical birds and lush rainforest. Underwater, the cave is fed by 20 underground springs, beautiful watercourses, which are full with beautiful fish. And the cave itself is home to spectacular rock formations and beautiful ponds. The environment is very inviting. Yet if you accept the invitation, you will soon be dead. Why? Because the cave is filled with poisonous gases. Gases that cannot be seen but are very deadly. Temptations is just like that. It presents itself to be something inviting, attractive, pleasurable, fulfilling, even life-giving. Yet in reality, it's nothing but poison. And that's why the very end of it all, it brings forth death. So where does temp temp temptation come from? Well, it comes from the devil. When you know that, it should help us to not yield to it. We know also what it can do. It's destructive. If you know that's going to happen, then why give in to it? Lastly and thirdly, I want to see this. I want to see its solution. Well, what are we to do? If we face temptation, we know that the end of it is death, then what are we to do then? All right, glad you asked. Look at verse 16. James makes it plain. Do not err, my beloved brethren. 
Anybody here, you like, um, you like solutions in a world full of problems? Give us some solutions. Amen. All right? I like solutions too. And when I hear of problems, I try to fix them. Uh, I'm, I'm a fixer by nature. That's good sometimes, I guess. Uh, probably more bad. I don't know. But I'm a fixer. All right? And that's what I want to do. I like solutions. But many times when we face problems, it seems that the solution to those problems can be very difficult or it doesn't even seem that there is a solution. But I'm glad to tell you that the solution when it comes to temptation, there is a solution to that. And it's this. It's found in verse 16. Look at it again. Short verse. You can probably memorize it. Do not err, my beloved brethren. You may interpret that verse for you. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. If you are doing it, stop it right now. That's what he's saying. Just don't give in to temptation. Don't take the bait that the devil dangles in front of your face. When it says in verse 15, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his, his own lust. He knows how to get you. He knows what will entice you. He has a tailor-made lure just for you. I love bass fishing. I love fishing in general, but I love bass fishing. And there are some folks who, who handcraft and, and make tailored lures just for certain areas of the, of the United States and certain lakes to catch bass in. It's pretty remarkable. And some of those lures work, uh, they'll work in those deep, clearer lakes where they won't, won't, they won't work in dirtier, shallower lakes. It's tailor-made for those bass. And every time they throw that nice lure out, and it's, it's handmade and custom-made, you're probably looking at three or four hundred dollars. No, I don't buy those. If I did, if I lost it, I'm going diving. But anyway, uh, but they throw them out there, tailor made for that that fish on that lake. It's enticing every time. And they catch fish with them. Same with the devil. He knows what'll get you. And what'll get you may not get me. What gets me may not get you. And then ages, it varies as well. What may have gotten you when you were younger don't get you as much when you're older, and vice versa. But he knows how to get you nonetheless. So since you know where it comes from, since you know what he wants to do, just don't do it. Don't give in to temptation. I want you to know that when we are tempted, the Bible says this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There is no temptation, temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above your able, but will with the temptation. He knows it's coming. Will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. A great illustration of this is Joseph. In Genesis 39, we know about Joseph as he was betrayed by his brothers, cast into a pit, eventually sold into Egypt, went to Potiphar's house. And as he was in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife tried to commit acts of immorality, we'll just leave it at that, with Joseph. But Joseph, being a man of character, a man who feared God, would not do it. But she daily pressed upon him with her words, the Bible says. Until finally she had had enough rejection from this Hebrew and laid hands on him and tried to get him to commit immorality with her. But what had happened? 
he found his way of escape by literally running. <laughs> the Bible says to flee also youthful lust. That word flee, you know what it means? Run, man, run. That's what it means. That's what Joseph did. That was his way of escape. Sometimes it's ours. Just get away from it. There is going to be a way to escape. God is faithful, as the Bible says. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So let me ask you, as I asked you at the very beginning, how have you handled temptation lately? We've all faced it. But have you handled it? Have you stood in God's grace? And, or have you given in to it? There was a pastor who once told his congregation, he said, I learned a great lesson from a dog and his owner. He said, the dog's owner used to put a piece of meat on the ground, and he'd look at that dog, and he'd say, all right, Fluffy, don't eat that. And, of course, the dog saw the piece of meat and immediately went over and ate it, and the owner would pop the dog on the nose. Got out another piece of meat, put it on the ground. All right, Fluffy, don't eat that. He'd go eat it, as any dog would. Got thumped on the nose again. Did this for a few more times. So finally the dog learned, eat the meat, you get thumped. And so evidently the dog felt that as if he looked at the meat, the temptation to disobey his owner would be too great. So the dog did this. Instead of looking at the meat, he just stared in the eyes of his master, of his owner. So he would be tempted to even look and eat Eat that meat. Understand as long as we stare at the temptation, as long as we look at the bait that Satan dangles in front of our eyes, as long as we entertain ourselves on the temptations, whatever they may be, we will always get caught. We will always fall into the trap. We will always take the bait and get hooked. But by God's grace, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Upon the master's face. I am glad there is a solution to temptation. As we keep our focus upon the Lord Jesus. So let me ask you. Have you handled it lately? How have you handled temptation lately? You say, Pastor, I've given in. I've failed in this area. Well, I'm thankful for the when the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is just. Forgives of our sins and to cleanse us. All unrighteousness. Maybe this evening that's just what you simply need to do. Come to the Lord yet again. Confess it. He will cleanse you. I'm thankful. Thankful for that. That is not a license to continue, by the way. I'm just pointing out the great grace of our great God. And that matter. So don't even look at it. Don't even focus in on it. Rather, focus in on the Lord. God will help us. Through our temptation. Look at it again. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, bringeth forth sin, sin when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, 